بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد رسول الحمد للہ جنائٹ از دا ٹینتھ آف جنوری ان دا ایئر ٹو تھاؤزنڈ اینڈ ٹوینٹی فور So this is the month of Jumad al-Ukhra or also called Jumad al-Fani and this is the sixth month in the Islamic calendar. Rajab is the seventh. So in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he mentions in Surah 9 verse 36 Audhu billahi minash shaitan al-rajim Minaha arba'atun hurum Of them, four are sacred. فَلَا تَظْلِمُوا فِيهِنَّ أَنفُسَكُمْ Those do not wrong yourselves therein. So in the glorious Quran, Allah the Almighty and Glorious, He mentions that four of the months, they are hurm, i.e. they are sanctified. Then the command is, don't wrong yourselves within them. So the Quran does not mention the names of these four months. But our beloved messenger, he clarified, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that the four sacred months are Dhul Qa'dah, Dhul Hijjah, Muharram, and Rajab. So putting it in numerical sequence, the four holy months are the 11th month, the 12th month, the first month and the seventh so this is how to keep you know yourself you know with regards to understanding where the holy months are three are consecutive i.e. the 11th Dhul Qa'dah the 12th Dhul Hijjah and then the new year Muharram which is also the next month Muharram but Rajab is by itself Rajab is the seventh month so these are the four i.e. sacred months. So now, the night comes before the day. So the first night of Rajab will hopefully be maybe Friday night this year. What is special about that night? So there's a report. In Behaki in his Sunan, number 6,386, And Behaki in his Shu'ab al-Iman, number 3,711 to 13. Abdul Razak in his Al-Musannaf, number 7,927. It's also related by Abu Umama radiyallahu in Ibn Asakir, Delami in his Musnad al-Firdos, number 2,797. So two companions relate this. One is Abdullah ibn Umar, the other is Abu Umama radiyallahu. So they both said, There are five special nights in which du'a is not turned back. So there's five nights where your du'as will have a special hearing. They will be accepted. Namely, the night preceding Friday, i.e. Thursday night, which is a weekly night. The first night of Rajab, The night of mid-Sha'aban, i.e. the 15th night of Sha'aban, 
and the two nights preceding the two Eids. So let's look at this. So these are five special nights. So who designates them to be special? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He makes some times blessed and he makes some lands blessed and he makes individuals blessed. So it's no point trying to work out why. Allah is the one who sanctified them. So the weekly night in which du'as are given a, a favorable response is the Friday night. But in the Western calendar, that means Thursday night after Maghrib. What was the second thing both the companions said? The first night of Rajab. So like I said, the night comes first. So the first night of Rajab is a night in which du'as will be answered. Then the 15th night of Sha'aban. And then of course, the two nights of Eid. So note the first night of Rajab is a night of Dua. In which Allah wants to give graciously. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. So now what's interesting. You've got the Dua. But the Sunnah, which you will notice in the Quran and also in the blessed Ahadith, is that Rasulullah and his noble brothers before they would make dua they would offer various deeds so you can't make dua without doing any deeds that's fine but the best way is to do a deed and then to make a dua to Allah so there's many examples for instance Ibrahim and Ismail when did they make that famous dua after they'd raise the Kaaba. Then they'd make a dua, Rabbana taqabbal minna innaka anta sameer alim. Zakariya when he made a dua to the Allah blesses him with a noble son to inherit, he made that dua when? When he was looking after Maryam. He would bring food to her in a chamber. Then he went to a chamber, he made that dua. So note, it is always better to do a deed. So the question is, what deeds are therefore mentioned, if any, in the holy month of Rajab. So we're going to leave the fiqh to the end. But just to mention some reports. So firstly, this is recorded by Imam Suyuti Rahmatullah in his Jami As-Saghir, number 5051. Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Abbas, radiyallahu he relates that our beloved messengers reported to have said, sallallahu alayhi wa the fast of the first day of Rajab is expiation for three years. The fast of the second day is expiation for two years. And the fast of the third day is expiation of one year. Thereupon the fast of each remaining day, i.e. in Rajab, is the expiation of one month. So according to this report, the whole month is blessed. But the first three have been given an honorable honor. The first, if you fast on the first, you get three years of your sins forgiven. If you fast on the second, two years sins forgiven. Third, one year. And then if you fast any of the remaining 26, 27, you get one month of sins forgiven for each of those fasts. So this is one report. A second so again, this is recorded in Behaki in Shu'ab al-Iman, number 3801, or volume 3, page 368. Sayyidina Anas, radiyallahu, he relates that our beloved messengers reported to have said, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, whoever keeps one fast in Rajab, 
it would be equivalent to one year of fasting. <laughs> so again, very important to clarify. Does this contradict the previous report? No. Because the previous report, previous report is talking about taking away sins. It's not talking about rewards. Here, the rewards are mentioned. Whoever keeps one fast in Rajab, it is equivalent to fasting one year. Whoever keeps seven fasts, then the seven gates of hell would be closed upon him. Whoever keeps eight fasts, the eight gates of paradise will be open for him. Whoever keeps ten fasts, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will grant him whatever he asks for. If someone keeps fifteen fasts, then an announcement is made for him from the sky. From the sky. Your previous sins have been forgiven. So start your deeds again. For graciously, your sins have also been turned into good deeds. And if anyone does more, aye, than 15, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shall indeed give him more. Prophet Nuh boarded the ark in Rajab. And he والسلام, not only fasted himself, but also ordered his companions to fast. His ark thereupon travelled for six months until it landed on the 10th of Muharram, i.e. the day of Ashura. Subhanallah. So here in this lengthy report, numbers are mentioned. So it starts off with one, then it goes to another number, seven, eight. So note, up to you, how many you want to keep. Both virtues are mentioned for each one. But looking at one of the statements the Prophet made, he mentioned Nuh So what did he mention? He boarded the ark in Rajab. It meant it, meant it started to uh, sail in Rajab. So there's a hadith in Imam Ahmad's Musnad which mentions that the ark rested on the 10th of Ashura. The flood abated. It rested on Mount Judea. So with a little calculation, you realize that if the ark sailed on the in the day of Rajab, then six months later exactly is Ashura. So Rajab is the seventh. So the seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, eleventh, twelfth, and of course Muharram. So not again. The hadith, even though it has weakness. The other reports are verifying it. So, how many months did the ark was it was was it sailing on the flooded waters? Six months. Now, what's interesting? Nuh made a dua. He goes, "Let its starting be blessed, and let its ending be blessed. Let its starting the ark be blessed, and let its ending be blessed." So, when did it start? Rajab. Isn't that one of the holy months? When did the ark come to rest? Muharram, another holy month. In fact, the day of Ashura. So note again here, and what does it say? Nuh when he when the ark set sail, he told everybody to fast. Meaning this is an ancient sunnah of the messengers alayhi salatu Another report. In Behagi in a Shu'abul Iman, number 3800, volume 3, page 368, Sayyidina Anas, that our beloved messengers reported to have said, in paradise there is a river called Rajab, 
whose water is whiter than milk, sweeter than honey. The one keeping one fast in the month of Rajab, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will assuredly give him drink of its pure water. So here, again, the report, the Prophet mentions that there's a river, what's it called in paradise, Rajab. Whiter than milk, sweeter than honey. So again, in worldly terms, that doesn't make sense. What's whiter than milk? Sweeter than honey, you could argue, right? But whiter than milk. So it's even though it's a river, what sort of river is this? The Prophet said, the one who keeps a single fast in Rajab, he will drink from it. This is why it's called Rajab. So Allah Ta'ala is honoring those who are honoring this holy month. So note, these are the reports with regards to fasting. The 27th, I'll mention uh, tomorrow. So now, there's a famous tabi. His name was Abu Qilaba. So he was a senior tabi, meaning he saw many of the senior companions. And this report is Sahih. So the hadith is in Behaggi, it is Shu'ab al-Iman, number 3802, or volume 3, page 368, Tabari in his and many others. Abu Kilab, who passed away 104 AH. So to put that into perspective, he passed away just one or two years after Anas. So think about that. Anas passed away. This Tabi passes away one or two years after So Abu Kilab, he said, there is a grand palace in paradise for those who fast in Rajab. There is a grand palace in paradise for those who fast in Rajab. Now think about that. Look at the word. Even if it was a palace, we know it's going to be beyond comprehension. Palace in paradise, you can imagine. He didn't say palace. He goes, there is a grand palace for who? The one who fasts in Rajab. Then Imam Behaki, who recorded this, he said something very interesting. Abu Qilaba, is from the senior tabi'in. Someone like him will simply not say anything unless he received it from a reliable source. So Imam Behaki said that the hadith going back to the Prophet, they suffer from serious weakness or weakness. But this report, he goes, is authentic. And then he said, it's inconceivable he would speak with, from his desire. It's inconceivable. So where did he get this knowledge from? There is a grand palace in paradise for those who fast in Rajab. So the response is, he must have heard it from the Sahab. And where did they get it from? They must have heard it from the Prophet So note, they are authentic reports, both granted not from Rasulullah himself. So the fasts, i.e., you should try to get a few of the fasts. The scholars point out, and this actually is quite amusing, because those of you who regularly fast, you've got nothing to worry about. So those who fast Mondays and Thursdays, they, they will automatically get eight or possibly more fasts in the month of Rajab. These reports are for people who don't fast. You understand? So people who are regularly fasting, they, you know, mashallah, they just think about, we're getting paid for nothing. We're doing it anyway. Right? But those who are not accustomed to fasting, these reports are directed towards them. 
So note again, you know, when people aren't fasting, encourage them, say, look, you know, you're encouraged to fast in this holy month. And what better way to prevent yourself from sinning, to protect yourself from sinning than to fast, you know, if you fast correctly. Also, the senior tabi'een, Atah, rahmatullah, he said, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa used to prohibit fasting the entire month of Rajab because he feared it would be taken as a month of festivity. This is in Abdul Razak in his Al-Musannaf, Hafiz ibn Rajab and his Lataif al-Ma'arif, page 243 of the English translation. So another senior tabi'in, who was the Mufti of Makkah, Ibn Abbas, one of his major students, he said, Rasulullah prohibited fasting the whole month of Rajab. Now why is that? Quite humorous. Who's fasting the whole month of Rajab? The answer is, well, it's certainly not us. <laughs> but that shows they were treating this month with great veneration. So the Prophet intervened. He said, don't fast the entire month. In other words, don't let it compete with the holy month of Ramadan. So where's the irony of this? People don't keep any fast in this month. And if a person is encouraged to fast in that month, they will say, Bidat. And then you'll say, the Rasulullah is preventing the companions from fasting the entire month. And you're completely, you've completely turned the dial. Don't keep anything. So again, you, you can see there's a problem here, right? And the problem is, you're not looking at all of the various proofs. Another report. Hafiz ibn Rajab rahmatullah in his Lata'if al-Ma'arif, page 246 of the English translation, Sayyidina Abu Bakr, not Sayyidina Abu Bakr, Sayyidina Abu Bakr, radiyallahu, he saw his family making preparations for fasting in Rajab. So he got angry and said, are you making Rajab like Ramadan? He then threw the baskets and mugs. <laughs> so what happened? Abu Bakr from Thaqif, uh, and you know when people are ready for Ramadan you know they start preparing you know they start stocking up and you know kajul starts so he starts seeing this and Abu Bakr starts smashing everything up it's not Ramadan so note again what's the lesson what were the salaf doing in this month eating you know biryani right you know they were obviously worshipping in this month <laughs> And they were going to extremes, so the companions had to, inter, you know, get involved. And look, don't—it's not Ramadan. In other words, do your bit, but don't, you know, go overboard. So fasting is something greatly encouraged, i.e., in this in this sacred month. There's something else that we need to be aware of. There's also the sacrifice. So now you got the sacrifice is called qurbani. Qurbani is done after the Eid prayer i.e. in the blessed month of Muharram, the holy month of Muharram. Uh, sorry, the holy month of Zulhijjah, right? The, uh, the month of Eid. So, the Qurbani is wajib, according to most scholars. Some scholars say Sunnah Mu'akkidah. We know this. But have you not realized that every obligation has a Sunnah? So think about this. You've got the obligatory Hajj, which is Farad. What's his counterpart, which is Sunnah? Umrah. You've got the Farad Salat. What's his counterpart? Tajid or Sunnah. Sunnah prayers. You've got the fast of Ramadan. What's his counterpart? The Sunnah fasts. So have you not considered that you've got the obligatory sacrifice? Where's the Sunnah? 
The Sunday of eating, that's a good question. Is there Sunnah sacrifice? And yes, there is. It's called Atira. Al-Atira. So what is Al-Atira? So first of all, let me give you a few proofs. In Nasai Abu Dawood ibn Majah, Sayyidina Muhannaf ibn Sulaim al-Ghamidi, radiyallahu he said, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa said at Arafat, every family should sacrifice an animal and an atira every year. It is what they refer to as ar-rajabiyah, said Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi So what did the Prophet say here? Every family is a qurbani. Then what did he say? Sallallahu alayhi and an atira every year. He goes, this is what you call ar-rajabiyah. This is the first report in the sunnahs. A second. In Nasai Abu Dawud ibn Majah, Sayyidina Nubaysha, he once asked, Ya Rasulullah, we used to sacrifice in the month of Rajab. The Prophet said, sacrifice for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in whichever month it is. Be obedient and feed. So this was a Jahiliyyah practice as well. But not everything in Jahiliyyah was wrong. Everybody thinks of Jahiliyyah negatively, but sometimes it was good. This is one of the customs the Prophet approved of. Because we sacrifice Ya Rasulullah in, in Rajab. Is there any problems? He goes, no. Just go ahead and do it. Fine. Similarly, in Nasai 7-171, Ibn Razin radiyallahu once asked Ya Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, we used to sacrifice animals during Jahiliyyah in Rajab. We then used to eat of the animals and feed whoever came to us. The Prophet said, there is nothing wrong with this. <laughs> as long as you sacrifice in the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Meaning, fine. He approved of that. And similarly, in Nasai, Sayyidina Al-Harith ibn Amr radiyallahu said, Rasulullah was asked about Atira and he said, Whoever wishes may practice Atira. Whoever does not, there is no harm. So the Prophet clearly distinguished the Qurbani. He didn't give you an option. <laughs> With the Atira, he said, if you don't, there's no harm. Meaning it's optional. The Prophet also said, in Nasai 7-168, Al-Atira is a fight. Al-Atira is a fight. Meaning only the ignorant ones would deny it. And look how tragic. Well, the tragedy is people are totally unaware of this sacrifice. You say, brother, you sacrificed. And he goes, oh, this Ramadan hasn't come here, brother. <laughs> and then you go, no, no, brother, there's another sacrifice. He goes, there's another sacrifice. Well, which one's that? He goes, Atira. He goes, Atira. He goes, what the heck is that? He could explain. He said, well, it's, it's in Rajab. And what do I do? You, you sacrifice. And he goes, and who do I give it to? It's just same as Qurbani. You feed yourself, give it to others. And he goes, where's that then? And he goes, it's in the Hadith. Which Hadith? So again, look at the state of the Muslims. you got people obsessed with innovations and the sunnahs lying on the shelf. Also, in Tabarani, in Iskabir, number 11,586, Abdullah ibn Abbas, he said, the Quraysh sought permission from Rasulullah for Atira. And he said, you may practice Atira as in Jahiliyyah, but whoever amongst you wishes to perform this sacrifice, he may do so only for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He may eat from it 
and give it away in sadaqah. <laughs> the Prophet notice he's confirming. Don't start saying it's Jahalil, brother. Jahalil did it. And you go, yeah, brother, why you keep saying Jahalil for? Because like, it's something like, you know, monstrous. Not everything in Jahalil is wrong. This was something confirmed by the Prophet. So now, this report, this is what Shaitan does. Shaitan will try his utmost to stop you from doing deeds. And this hadith is the one that people know. And this hadith is the one that you need commentary on. So let me give you the hadith. I'm sure you've heard this one. In Sayyid Bukhari, number 5473, Sayyid Muslim, number 1796, Abu Huraira, he relates that our beloved Messenger said, There is neither Farah nor is there Atira. There is neither Farah nor is there Atira. So here, Bukhari and Muslim, the Prophet said, There is neither Farah, a sacrifice which they used to do, nor is there Atira. So now, if this hadith was the only hadith you quoted, you would incorrectly assume the Jahaliya sacrifice of Atira, the Prophet negated it. Have you understood? Because it was a Jahaliya sacrifice and the Prophet said, no Atira, there's no Atira. Is that what our beloved messenger meant? So now, look how simple. In this hadith in Bukhari and Muslim, there's a person and his name is Sufyan ibn Uyayna. So who's the narrator who narrated it from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa Abu Huraira. So hopefully you know who that is. Right? And Abu Huraira in the same chain, it reached Sufyan. He's in the chain. Sufyan ibn Uyayna. Look what he said. He's in the chain. So don't tell me he doesn't know what this hadith is. He passed it on to us. Sufyan ibn Uyayna said, the negation in this hadith is simply to negate obligation. It is not obligatory. This is what the Prophet meant. <laughs> so when he said, there is neither farah nor atira, what Rasulullah was intending there was, it's not obligatory upon you to do a farah. It's not obligatory upon you to do atira. This is recorded by Hafiz ibn Rajab in his Lataif al-Ma'arif, page 243 of the English translation. So now this is the sadness. People quote the hadith to stop you from doing the sacrifice. Is that what the Prophet intended? So what does that tell you? In Bukhari and Muslim, the Prophet said, when Allah intends good for the person, he gives him the correct understanding of the deen. Meaning, a lot of people, they actually go astray. They haven't got the correct understanding. And look at what you've lost out on. A sunnah sacrifice. And we know the rewards for the sacrifice. For each hair you get a good deed. First drop of blood, your sins forgiven, etc, etc. And what makes it so simply true is that every obligation has a counterpart. Where is the sunnah sacrifice? And then a person gives you that glazed look because there isn't one. Because there is. It's the Atina. Now which month was it? Rajab, Lord, the month is being neglected. So in this month, which is fast approaching the holy month of Rajab, we should strive to also sacrifice. When? Up to you. You know, it's not making things difficult. I went to, you know, I won't mention his name. I went to the butcher and goes, I need to do a sacrifice. He didn't know. He goes, what's the sacrifice for? He goes, Rajab. And he goes, and he quoted this hadith. 
He goes, oh, there's, there's, no, there's no, there's no, there's no atira. I go, that's right. I don't want to sacrifice. And then in the butchers, we're having a little conversation. Then eventually he goes, I didn't know that. Then I thought to myself, you're a butcher. This is your, you know, a customer's telling you your job. But then I was thinking, I thought, oh, he's thinking I've lost that. In other words, he goes, I should be advertising, right? Sacrificing Rajab, sacrificing Rajab. Right? And then I told him, then he goes, is that? I goes, yeah, then I mentioned a few, and he goes, I didn't know that. Right? And there you go, the sunnah's just piling dust up. Imagine astaghfirullah. And don't forget, if the sunnah, if you revive the sunnah, the report says you get the reward of one martyr or a hundred martyrs. Reviving the sunnah. We're in a time now where the sunnah needs to be revived. And I think this is one of them. Think about that. You know, subhanallah. So now, fast. I want to mention more about that tomorrow, inshallah, if he's still alive. Sacrifice. Abu Bakr al-Warraq al-Balkhi, one of the famous pious predecessors. Look what he said. Rahmatullahi. Rajab is the month of planting. Sha'aban is the month of watering. Ramadan is the month of harvest. So a person goes, but what if I haven't planted anything? And he goes, well, then no point saying irrigating. Irrigating what? You haven't planted it. So it means that this is actually a warm-up for the holy month of Ramadan. It's preparing you. You're getting into a mindset. You know, it's two months. It's, two, it's a two-month outpost. Ramadan's coming. And look how beautiful. You're doing occasional fasting. You're sacrificing. You're offering tahajjid. You're, you're making du'as on those special nights. It's a kind of a war. Then Shaban, obviously, most people are aware of the virtues of Shaban. Ramadan comes. The tragedy is Ramadan comes like a thunderbolt to everybody. Because they haven't done anything. He's not been fasting and all of a sudden he starts feeling, even if it's a winter fast, he goes, brother, it's only winter. You know, I'm not used to it, brother. Subhanallah. Abu Bakr al-Warraq al-Balkhi, oh, he also said, Rajab is like the wind. Shaban is like the cloud. And Ramadan is like the rain. Look how beautiful. Before you get the rain, you have to have clouds. Where do the clouds come from? The wind. Rajab is the wind. The clouds, Sha'aban, Ramadan is the rain. This is recorded by Ibn Rajab in his Lataif al-Ma'arif, page 251 of the English translation. Now you can appreciate this report. If I'd mentioned this at the beginning, you won't really have an understanding. Hazrat Anas radiyallahu relates that our beloved messengers reported to have said, sallallahu alayhi wa Rajab is the month of Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sha'aban is my sallallahu alayhi wa sallam month. And Ramadan is the month of the Muslim community. This is recorded in Delani in his Muslim al-Firdos, number 3095. The first sentence, Rajab is the month of Allah, is recorded by Behaki in his Shu'ab al-Iman, number 3804. Abdul Razak in his Al-Musannaf, number 17301. Imam Suyuti in his Jami al-Saghir, number 4411. I think about that. The month of Allah. There's a hadith in Sayyid Muslim says Muharram is the month of Allah. Shahrullah, no contradiction. Two of the holy months. So obviously the four holy months are the months of Allah. But the Prophet said here explicitly Rajab is the month of Allah. The one of Allah. Sha'aban is my month, and Ramadan is for the Muslims. 
And this is why there's a famous du'a to finish. And this, again, even though it's a famous du'a, it has a weakness. So you're going to hear this so many times before the month of Ramadan. The Prophet وسلم, he would make this du'a. So Anas radiyallahu relates that our beloved messenger would say sallallahu alayhi wa O Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, bless us in the months of Rajab and Sha'aban and convey us safely to the month of Ramadan. Oh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blesses in the months of Rajab and Sha'aban and conveys safely to the month of Ramadan. So now, is this authentic? So the hadith is in Imam Ahmad in his Musnad, number 2342, Behaki in his Shu'ab al-Iman, number 3815, Tabarani in his Usat, number 3939, Bazar, Abu Nu'im al-Hiliya, 6-269, Ibn As-Sini, number 659. However, there is a person in the chain who Imam Bukhari said Munkar. So, even if I mention the name, it doesn't make no difference to us, right? But Imam Bukhari said there's a person in the chain who is Munkar, meaning he's not accepted. Because Imam Bukhari is of the highest level of scholarship, most of the ulama said this hadith is weak. Meaning there's a person within it who's got problems. But Imam Bukhari's teacher recorded it, Imam Ahmad. So again, we, we, you know, it's a dua, you can make it, but you shouldn't attribute it to the Prophet with conviction. It's a beautiful dua. Make that dua. Oh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blesses in our months of Rajab and Sha'aban and conveys safety to the holy month of Ramadan. But you must point out, this is not an authentic report from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa Now, just to finish. So if the dua is saying, blesses in the months of Rajab and Sha'aban, and you're doing jacko. What's the point of that dua? Imagine somebody goes, What's that dua? Blesses in Rajab. So, what have you done in Rajab? I made this dua. <laughs> and then you go, So, let me get this straight. So, the month, you're asking Allah to bless you in Rajab. Ya Allah, please bless me in Rajab. And you're doing jack. <laughs> Doesn't sound, doesn't even sit there in the heart. There's got to be something you must have done, brother. And if you do what's been mentioned in the various reports, you've done something. <laughs> even if it's a fast, you kept a fast. Alhamdulillah, I've kept a fast in Rajab. I've shown some respect to the holy month. I sacrificed. Alhamdulillah, Allah has blessed me with wealth. I sacrificed. You've done something. But if the holy month passes, you don't nothing. It's shameful. You know, so again, you know, try to get some of these uh, recommended deeds into these, into this uh, holy month. And there's more to it, but I'll mention more tomorrow with regards to the holy month. Are there any questions?